This is the Create Yourself Podcast. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. Today, my guest is a guy named Karan Hawkins. Karan Hawkins, aka Coach Chronic, is a uh, online fitness and nutrition coach. This guy is so smart, knows a lot about nutrition, training. Uh, more importantly, I'm always intrigued by his mobility content. Um, we go into to all of the above in this podcast. We discuss training, his philosophies, how he went from corporate America to online fish, fitness coaching. Um, we talked about chasing his passion. Um, and, and man, I love his mindset. I love how he, he, he approaches coaching clients. And I hope you get tons of value from this podcast. Uh, do me a favor before we get started, though. Go ahead and take a screenshot. Share this on your Instagram story. And then uh, let me know what you think of this podcast. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into it. All right, Coach Chronic on the uh, Create Yourself podcast. Um, so uh, we know we just spoke about this a little bit. Full disclosure, completely followed you before we uh, met at the Mentorship Mastermind Weekend. Um, man, I love your stuff. I love your philosophy. I love how you, you talk about training. Um, a lot of coaches don't talk about the mental aspect of coaching too often, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I thought your story was amazing. I loved your philosophy on training and how you prioritize things. So um, really feeling fortunate to have you on here. I'm hoping my listeners get some value out of this. But uh, what's up, man? How are you today? I'm great, man. First of all, thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Um, whenever someone invites me to a podcast, I'm like, yo, shit, they, they want to hear what I have to say. Like, that's, that's a big deal to me. So thank you so much. For sure. For sure. Um, so, hey, man, I want to, obviously, I, I went back to podcast number one of the, uh, of the Chronic Lifestyle and uh, yeah. got to listen to your story. I was super intrigued by uh, some of it you talked about at the Mastermind, but there were some pieces that were missing out of there, um, like the, the Sean T thing. And you can get into yeah. this as much as you want to, but yeah. uh, tell me about yourself. Tell the listeners who you are, where you're at, everything. Absolutely. So um, my name is Karan Hawkins. I'm from New York City, Queens, New York. Um, I grew up there for a while and um, I left New York actually for high school. I went to a boarding school up in Massachusetts called Deerfield Academy. That's where I really started to uh, come into myself from a movement perspective. I was never very athletic growing up. I was short. I was overweight. You know, I was the kid that got picked last on the basketball team for pickup or whatever. So. Um, Athletics were never really my thing. Mobility wasn't my thing. Fat loss wasn't my thing. You know, all these concepts that I talk about on my page now, I was the complete opposite. And it's really awesome to look back and see the change in me and see the change in um, the people that are around me. And um, just my whole life has been drastically transformed in these last couple of years. But um, so after high school, I went to Carnegie Mellon University where I got my bachelor's degree in information systems and business administrations, very different from what I do now. And yeah, so I I was a computer guy for a while. Um, I basically was responsible for helping prevent hackers from, you know, breaking into the the corporation I worked for. And um, it seemed super cool on the surface, but the job itself was not very fulfilling. I sat at a desk all day, you know, I just kind of vegetated and worked on spreadsheets and code all day. It was really boring to me, just not what I love to do. So after a year, I took my first leap into what would be a drastic, drastic 180 for my goals, my career, my life, my living situation, everything. And I applied to the master's program in health and physical activity at the University of Pittsburgh. So that is basically a combination of exercise physiology, anatomy, um, just all the things that show how the body responds to exercise in a lab setting and in just practical gyms and personal training, you know, sports, et cetera. So after completing that program, I worked in a couple of gyms, did some group classes, independent personal training a little bit, but I didn't really dive in to who I am today. And then one day I said to myself, you know what? I can do this. And I just bounced. I left all the gyms I was associated with. I left all anything that wasn't me making myself money through my name, my brand, my company. I left. So um, after that, I became Coach Chronic 100% of the time. And that's who I am today. I'm Coach Chronic 100% of the time. I own my own business. I do everything on my own. And it feels amazing. It feels so good to be 
who you are 100% of the time. I'm not wasting my time doing things I don't like anymore. I do what I want to do. And that to me is powerful because thinking back to when I was making, you know, X amount of dollars for a corporation that was feeling someone else's dream, I was completely unfulfilled. The economic independence and financial independence I saw through that job, it wasn't worth it because I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do, which is help people. So how I got into mobility and how I got into training and the mindset stuff, most of the people you see on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, whatever specialists and experts you see have most likely gone through what they're so good at showing you how to prevent today, right? They've been in pain. They've had injuries. They've had struggles with mindset and self-confidence and, you know, relationships and business and all these things that they're so good at talking to today, they've definitely struggled with at some point in their life. So the point of me saying that is I don't want you to uh, look at me as like some mobility guru or some guy who's like so incredible or like crazy at what he does. I was just a guy who was in pain, immobile, and was sick of those things. So I did the research, I did the lab work, and I figured out how to help myself and then help other people get out of those situations. So just like I did it, you can 100% do it. And I want you to take this and just run with it. Just understand that um, you have the capability to create whatever you want for your life and your body. The body is an incredibly uh, adaptable machine that can completely change the anatomy, the physiology, and how it responds to things that you perceive as impossible uh, with strength and with control and with capacity. So um, that's a bit about me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. You know what's super cool uh, when I heard your story was like, um, like how many people, like how many clients do you have right now? I mean, I know I have tons that are just like completely crippled by fear, by like, Um, not believing in themselves, not believing that they can do a certain thing, but you know, you know, here's Quran, like cushy job, life is good. You know, family's happy for them doing it on your own. You, I think you said economic independence, like you're doing the whole thing. And then you completely made this pivot to this other, uh, this other profession. And for a lot of people, like that's super scary, but you did it. Absolutely. Um, and you touched on a point there too, with like how important it is to take it. Like we have one life. We got one shot of this thing and yeah. um, I, I, I'm, man, that's awesome that you completely like you saw that. I mean, from what I understand, you're, you're a little bit, you're a little younger, right? Like for yeah. you to realize that at such a young age and to make that happen, man, I applaud you. Um, Thank you. But why fitness? Yeah. Why did, why was fitness so appealing to you? You mentioned before, like you weren't really a fitness guy, but um, like what drew, what drew, um, you to like fitness and training, nutrition, mobility, all that stuff. Let's unpack that a little bit. Sure, sure. So uh, you know this um, better than I do. People look for external solutions to internal problems, right? So my external solution was maybe if I go to the gym and, you know, go on the elliptical for an hour every day, I want to see fat loss and weight loss. This is in the very beginning before I was educated, right? And my internal solution that I was looking for was confidence in myself. I lacked a ton of confidence in myself. I would look at myself in the mirror every day and see someone I didn't like, someone I didn't love. And that was the biggest issue that I dealt with pretty much from, I don't know, middle school when I was sort of conscious of my uh, lack of self-confidence all throughout college, really. Um, just recently in these last like two years, I've really understood what it means to have self-love and, and to uh, love yourself regardless of what you look like, what you do and who you are. Um, and that's very difficult for a lot of people to grasp onto. And my first real reason that I jumped into, into fitness was because I was getting bullied a lot. Um, like I told you, I was short, unathletic, you know, and uh, being a man of color, I was, I, there were certain expectations that were placed upon me. I was supposed to be very explosive, very athletic, very outgoing, you know, funny, et cetera, enter- entertainment, so to speak. And when I didn't fit the, that mold, people really let me have it. And that was tough, you know. So the first movement modality I jumped into was dance, actually. And I know we, we were, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, so yeah. jumping the gun a little bit. But yeah, it's all good. 
um, dance was the first movement modality I stepped into because it allowed me to express um, some of the emotions that I was dealing with from the bullying and the hazing and all that stuff. And it, it just allowed me to speak in a different way that, you know, training couldn't do. I hadn't lifted a weight yet at that point. I, I just danced and I moved and I, I, I did things that made me happy. And it allowed me to express myself in uh, a different way. So um, when I found movement through dance, I then eventually started lifting. And funny story, my first lifting experience was with, with my best friend, Gunn. He was a wrestler uh, in New England. Like, he was amazing. Right. I think he, he got third in the New England State Championships for wrestling in, in, our, in his weight division, which is incredible. So he, he's a beast. And he's still a beast today. We did back and buys for the first time. I'd never gone to the gym before and just jumped into it, right? I swear, I swear to you, my arms were stuck at 90 degrees <laughs> at, at, at a, you know, elbow and line on my shoulders, right. walking around campus like that for a good three days. I literally, it was like my arm could not move physically. Probably looked super jacked for a couple of days too. Yeah, yeah, I was huge. <laughs> and um, I hated it. I, I really hated it. I was like, wow, this sucks. Like, why would I want to be like this forever? Um, but eventually I got back into it, uh, started doing push-ups every day, squats every day, lunges every day, crunches every day, just building uh, calisthenic strength. And then that transferred into lifting. I remember when I first started doing push-ups, I couldn't, I could barely bench the bar. And um, I did push-ups maybe like 40 or 50 every single day for four months. It was insane. I, eventually I was doing like 80, 90. It was wild. And I got back to school and I was repping the bar or I was repping uh, 135. Like I was just banging it out, you know, and, and that was the first real uh, progression I saw in my strength. Um, fast forward even more. I did the insanity program by Sean T and that inspired me uh, for the first time to become someone like him. And I aspire to be like him. He's still a big idol of mine because he's the reason I got into movement besides just like lifting weights. He's the reason that I jumped into this career uh, because I wanted to be like him. Um, so once I did Insanity uh, for a long time, I did it for like two years. It was that, that's way too much. Don't do it that long, please. Like, <laughs> Isn't that like a four-week program or something like that? You just kept running it back? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it, you can do, I think you do 60 or 90 days, and I did it for two years. So, wow. Wow. you know, I didn't really have any direction back then. I, I didn't know about you know, periodization and deload and uh, recovery. I just like, I was like balls to the wall. I just went, I completely adapted that mindset and my body's obviously mad at me now. And I'm, that's another reason why I'm doing the mobility stuff so hard. But, um, and again, mobility just came into that because of my previous training history. I used to lift really heavy all the time, not necessarily the best biomechanics or uh, awareness of my body. And I would just throw weight up. And now, I, you know, I'm 25. I'm not even, I'm not even old. And my body's giving me issues, like my shoulders giving me issues, my hip, um, you know, so I have to sort of play catch up. And um, a big reason why I make mobility such a forefront of my practice is so you don't have to play catch up. There are so many people out there who just go ham for like two years, right? And two years seems like a long time, but it's really not. Two years is all it takes to really jack up your body if you don't know what you're doing, if you're not using the proper training modalities for your body and your prerequisites um, and you're not progressing correctly, you can really do some damage. Not saying it's irreparable. It just takes a while to fix. And I'm still going through that now. So um, yeah. So from dance to lifting to insanity to more lifting to mobility uh, to here today, that's kind of how I got into fitness and how I progressed through. Yeah. You, you know, you, without knowing, so uh, when I start clients, you know, for a little bit, I met, I trained, um, uh, kids and teenagers a little bit. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And, um, for instance, I, I trained, I trained a linebacker for a uh, local high school here. <clears throat> when he came to me, he had been deadlifting, squatting, like he already had bad movement patterns, his hips and shoulders, his back were bothering him. Um, and he was completely taken back by something you spoke about and that's body weight training, right? Like you started, mm -hmm. you said you started push up squats, sit ups, just cal basic calisthenics Yeah, and how much, um, more successful, at least initially in the gym you were, yeah. and, um, people, they'll kind of breeze by that a little bit and they'll be like, they'll completely neglect that. Like moving your body first should be 
the, the first thing you do before you ever externally load it whatsoever. Right. Uh, and I think it's important, like even without knowing you crushed that and you did do it with that. Um, and then you talk a little about Shanti. That's funny because like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I, I label myself as a, a fitness coach now, but like I originally was like hardcore CrossFitter, the whole thing, like yeah. Chuck Taylor's loud rock music, bleeding everywhere, the, just the whole shebang. Um, mm. But that came from P90X. Like I, yeah. my, I always say like my gateway drug in the fitness was P90X. Nice. Uh, you know, Tony Horton was like my early inspiration because I'm like, man, this dude's, you know, 40 some years old and he's <clears throat> holding pull-ups in all these different weird positions that I couldn't. Um, and that's awesome. Uh, so I love it, man. I love that, uh, your whole story, everything you come from comes from a place like what I would consider like great coaches. They all come from a similar place of like, I had this issue, I corrected it. Now I want to teach other people how to do it. Um, so with that, you use mobility, use training, you're super knowledgeable on anything fitness related that I've heard thus far. Um, what would you classify? Like what not classify, but what would you consider your philosophy to be? Like if, if I were to come to you and I'm like, Karan, I want you to train me. You know, I've got good bill of health. I'm moving. All right. Like what is your philosophy start to finish with how you would make my workout program? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. And it goes back to my, my mantra, which is more internal than external, but I'm still figuring out a way to uh, verbalize this mantra for an external purpose. And it's chronic behavior, chronic results. So the word chronic has a very negative connotation to it. It's, you know, chronic back pain, chronic uh, disease, marijuana, which is not necessarily negative, but in the media it is, um, depending on where you are. All these negative connotations and and contexts for that word, where I'm saying, let's flip the paradigm. Chronic behavior, chronic results. If you do things for your body and for yourself chronically, in a good way, you'll see those results chronically, right? It's, it's all about how you look at things. And that's where the mindset piece comes into. So my first step with this client would be to get their mindset right. Like, how are they speaking to themselves when they wake up in the morning? How are they treating their body in the morning? Do they have a morning routine? If not, what are they doing in the morning? Are they rushing to work every day? Are they snoozing on the alarm every day, four times a day? You know what I mean? What, what, what is their current lifestyle like? And what is their mentality around their body? And what they're doing in their life. Because you know, you coach people, it's all related. Stress from work, stress from relationships, stress from the gym, stress from anything. It's all related to whatever their goal is. And the more stress we have in all these different mediums, the worse off the client's going to be. So if I can get all of these different aspects of whatever that person's name is to be in line and to be on point, they're going to do that much better in the gym. They're going to see that much more fast fat loss. They're going to have that much better recovery, that much less, or that less, uh, that much less, excuse me, uh, <laughs> aches and pains and all these other issues that come from chronic stress and gut health and all these things mixed together to become the most efficient person and the most efficient version of themselves. Right. So before we jump into any weights, before we jump into any, anything, any prescription, I'm going to ask them, why the fuck are you here? I don't know if I can curse on this, but I just did. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so I had Cody on last week and uh, until that, my podcast was clean. Like, I don't cuss, <laughs> but it's all right if somebody else does. But, um, and he, you know, he's, he gets all fired up and passionate and he's F this, F that, you know, doing the whole thing. I had yeah. to go into iTunes and change it to explicit. So you're good to go do your thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best to keep it limited. You're fine. You're fine. But, um, you know, why the, why the crap do you care? Like, why the crap are you here? You know what I mean? Like, why are you talking to me? Why did you make this step? Why did you pay me? You know, most people, as I said, external solutions to internal problems. You purchased my services, but why are you really here? Why does this matter to you? Why do you want biceps? Why do you want abs? Why do you want to move better in the gym? Why do you care about a deep squat? Why do you care about deadlift numbers? Most often, it is not about those things. No one gives a shit about biceps. The only reason someone cares about big biceps is because someone else had big biceps. So they saw the person with big biceps get admiration or you know, a celebrity has them and everyone loves them and talks about them. It's like, oh, I want to be like that person. And I'm like, okay, great. You get biceps, then what? Now you're Brad Pitt or now you're you know, Bradley Cooper. Like, what, what does that matter? When you do an assessment with somebody and you look like, you know, I do an assessment with all my new members at the gym and, um, you know, I look them right in their face and I'm like, why are you here? 
And yeah. do you, do you find it like clients are almost taken back when you ask them that question? Absolutely. Yeah. Because they don't expect it. They, no. I think the first thing they expect is like, all right, you're going to do 2000 burpees and 10 pushups for, you know, as long as you can, many rounds, whatever. Right, right. A typical like uh, EDC or an EMOM. And right. they're like, when I asked them, why, why the hell are you here? They're like, what? I don't think I really paid for this. Yeah. But we have to understand as coaches, and I know you understand this because that's your first question. Yeah. You have to get into their brain. You have to get deeper than the external stuff. And more often than not, there are past occurrences in that client's life that have led them to you because they're looking for validation. They're looking for confidence. They're looking for love for themselves. They're looking for some type of internal struggle to be rectified by the services you offer. But what they don't realize is that their internal uh, conflict needs to first be made aware to themselves. Subconsciously, it's there. Like we know it's there, right? Yeah. That's why they're here. They, they don't know that they know, but when they know, they know. And, I, and when I say that, I mean that if we can get them to admit it to themselves, that shit is not right in here and in their heart and in their body, from a mental, emotional, and even psychological perspective, they can really lock in. And that's just further increasing the goal of a coach coachy relationship, which is a relationship. We don't just give macros. We don't just give training programs. You don't just say, hey, did you, you do your squats today? Or hey, did you drink your protein shake today? Like, we're more than that. And that's why they hire us. And that's why we do what we do, because we want to help people. Anybody can go online and you know, punch in to, you know, calorie counter or punch into the calorie calculator and get their resting metabolic rate and get their maintenance calories and then just, you know, eat and get to where they need to be. But when you come for a coach, your, your goal is to really change and transform. That is the difference between just going online and getting someone to work with. So when I work with someone, my goal for them is to transform themselves into who they want to be so that eventually they don't need me anymore. I don't want people to rely on me for forever. I want them to be so self-sufficient, so knowledgeable, and so educated in what they want, and so confident in their ability to navigate the world, whether it's a, a happy hour at the bar or a, a corporate wellness thing or a, you know whatever, a birthday party. They can go into every event, every single situation, every scenario in life with confidence, knowing exactly what to do. And that is my goal, and that's how I approach my work with clients. Right. So, uh, something I love. So I had this thing that I called the, uh, the pillars of transformation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I look at it in like a, as a, like a four headed monster. So we got mindset, nutrition, um, your workout program, and then your adherence, right. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, consistency. <laughs> but the, um, I actually had a little bit of a debate about this with one of my, um, coaches the other day about like how important mindset is in training and like why that matters so much. Um, and for me as a coach, it's actually pretty validating to hear that, um, somebody that like, you know, virtually mentors me from afar to see that like you focus on mindset first. It, it, it makes me want to double down when I talk to my clients about stuff because you're right. You look somebody in the face and you're like, what are you doing here? And they, they look at you cross-eyed like, did he just ask me that? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. because um, for us to even get anywhere, you have to admit that to yourself and then admit it to me so that now we can tie in your why to what we're trying to do for real. And a lot of times like you want to lose five pounds, but why? Well, maybe because you're, you and your husband are having issues and um, it'll make you feel more confident and you want him to, to love you more, whatever it is. Like, yeah, sometimes it's pretty dark. Uh, I've gone through, you know, assessments with people and they, they cry. You yeah. Know? But for me, like the outside, someone might be like, that's kind of messed up. Why would you push somebody that much? But um, that person until then didn't know the reason they were standing in front of me looking yep. to pay me hundreds of dollars to allow me to train them and to bring them to where they're trying to go. Um, but I mean, I've had so many clients in the past that would come to me and leave for whatever reason. Um, and I look at that as like, I failed them or we didn't connect their why to why they're here in the first place. Um, so I love the mindset piece. Thank you. Now from the mindset moving on, um, obviously they're going to go through some sort of assessment phase and stuff like that. But yep. um, outside of that, what's the next step? You've got their mindset tied in. Um, you've got them moving in the right direction. What's, you know, what's step number 2A? Right, right, right. Good question. So, you know, after we understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and really dive into that reason, we start to look at some of the nitty gritty stuff. 
And this is where I think a lot of people go sideways. We look at prerequisites. So every online client or every in-person client I have, we do an assessment. And that assessment looks at movement. It looks at joint integrity. It looks at what can your joints do and how do you move in space? And the reason this is so important is because if a client doesn't have the prerequisites to back squat, you know, external rotation of the shoulder, thoracic extension, internal rotation of the hips, external rotation of the hips, hip flexion, uh, ankle mobility for dorsiflexion, do they have um, proper depth? Like, can they control the squat? Like, all these things. There's literally like 10 prerequisites for a squat. And everyone just thinks, oh, I can get the bar up and down. I'm good. And to a degree, sure, you're good. But then two years later, when you have low back pain because you've been squatting, you know, ass to grass, but your chest is so far forward or, you know, you have wrist pain because you don't have enough external rotation of the shoulders. So your wrists have to compensate or your arm hurts or something happens, right? So I make sure that every single client of mine has the prerequisites to do whatever exercise or whatever movement we're doing so that whatever they have issues with, I can then... Um, give them mobility work to progress into the movements they want to do. A lot of the times people come to me back squatting, right? And I'll say, all right, send me a video of your back squat. And I'll be like, okay, we're not going to back squat anymore. <laughs> but I'm not going to completely remove the, the movement because that's mentally um, draining for them. What I'm going to do is I'm going to change the modality. So if I see they don't have enough external rotation of the shoulder and you know their wrists are bending or they're like this and then their shoulders are rounded and it's just like giving them neck pain and shit, I'm going to switch to a goblet squat. Like I'm going to say, let's take the external rotation of the shoulders out of the picture and let's just work on your thoracic spine, getting that shit opened up and just getting you to actually be able to retract the scapulas so that you can eventually do it with the barbell. Let's do it there. Let's see how your lower body moves. Let's see how your ankles move. Let's see if we can, you know, get you into proper knee flexion without knee pain. Like all these things that people disregard, I look at, and that's the big difference. Um, so we do the prerequisites, we create their plan. And then for nutrition, I have them track on my fitness pal or some calorie tracking equivalent for three to five days just to see what they're doing. You know, because I'm actually writing an email about this today. Awareness and assessment is the first step of any fat loss program. You cannot, you cannot just start cutting calories because most people that I've come into contact with are actually under eating. And when I say they're under eating, they're barely hitting the amount of calories for the resting metabolic rate or the amount of calories the body needs to just be a body, like digest food and, you know, pump blood and have an efficient immune system. Like just wake up and get out of bed like that, those calories. And most people under eat um, even to that point, like where they're barely hitting that or they're under that. So if you start cutting calories from there, your, metabolic, your uh, metabolism is going to adapt to that new eating point to handle the lifestyle you're giving it. So the best way to, to uh, rectify that is we either do a reverse diet or you know, we slowly uptake their calories to get them to that maintenance level so that they then can cut calories safely without screwing themselves after. A lot of people, you know, I, in my email today, I'm writing about, you know, summer's around the corner. Everyone's going to start cutting calories like crazy. But what do they look like in, in freaking September? they're probably right back to where they were in March, if not worse. You know, we, we go through this cycle of uh, cut, look shredded, put it back on worse. And it just like progressively gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the fact or to the point where our net weight, you know, loss and gain is actually positive. We're actually gaining weight over the years. And it may be like a pound, two pounds, three pounds over years and years and years to where, you know, 10 years later, you've gained 30 pounds and you're like, where the fuck did this come from? And it's, it's that cycle. Right, it, right. It's completely that cycle. So I, I, my, my goal is to get people out of the garbage we see in the media, out of the quick fix, 30-day crap. I'm Again, mindset, right? I'm doing my best to get them to think long-term. I have a client right now and we're concluding a reverse diet and she's been under eating for shit. A long ass time, <laughs> long yeah. time, like years. And you can't fix that shit in two months. You can't fix that shit in three months. It takes months. Like this is going to sound crazy, but we're on month 10, Yeah, right? We try to cut around months uh, seven 
and nothing changed. It didn't work. Scale didn't move. I was like, all right, we got to keep going. And she was, she was getting frustrated. She's like, man, I want to see fat loss. I got you, but you got to stay in track with process process over everything. We can't panic when the scale didn't move. We got to trust the process and continue. Now, um, today's her last week of maintenance and we're deloading because next week we're going to our cut. It's going to be intense. It's going to be crazy, but she's fucking ready. Her biofeedback looks dope. Her sleep looks dope. Recovery's dope. Like everything looks great and she's completely ready. But most people, when they go into a cut, they feel like shit. They have no energy. They're sleeping like awful waking up in the middle of the night, getting six hours of sleep, uh, you know, craving food all the time. They're, they're, they're sluggish and lethargic. That is not a state to cut calories in. That is a recipe for disaster. So I look at all these things. It all comes down to prerequisites. Okay, are you in a position to lose fat? Are you in a position to do back squats? Are you in a position to, to do deadlifts or lunges or any kind of movement or fat loss plan you want to do? Are you in the correct position to do those things? If the answer is no, sorry, we're taking time. Man, um, <laughs> you touched on that under eating, right? Like uh, I find 10 out of 10 clients that I've worked with in the past six months under eating, like yeah. for years, like their life, right? Yeah. And then they come to you with this broken metabolism, this mindset on less is better, um, yeah. as far as food is concerned. And um, or, or what is it? Uh, Tata talks about like, exercise more, eat less, like that whole mindset. Yeah. And um, I find it very challenging to get a client to buy in to like, um, hey, I'm going to have you eat more so that in the future we can get you to lose body fat. And to get somebody to wrap their mind around that, around that is like such a challenge because um, like you said, media, these gurus out there, like it's all about this special diet, do this cleanse. I mean, you got people yeah. on big time news networks that are talking Dr. about Oz specifically toxic. Like, Oh my God. Um, he's the worst. It, right. So getting people to, to get buy-in on that, for instance, I have a similar client to like you right now where, um, we've taken her into a cut for four weeks, nothing, her body's not moving. Um, but she for years has had, you know, stressful relationship, um, things going on to where I've, I, just based off of like, you know, her biofeedback's pretty good, but we all know that sometimes that can be misleading because people aren't telling the truth on there and that's fine. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe this person doesn't have the awareness yet, but I know that, you know, she's in a, you know, couple hundred calorie deficit and her body's not moving. And I had a crucial conversation with her yesterday and I'm like, look, um, we're going to have to take you back up to, uh, we're going to reverse diet you out. We're going to get you out of maintenance. And we're just going to hold you there. We need to give your body some time to repair itself so that in the future, you know, maybe we gain five pounds now, but in the future, we lose the 10 or 15 that you're trying to lose. And getting right. people to buy, on, buy in on that is very, very challenging. Yeah. Um, I love how you're having these conversations with your clients. I don't think enough coaches do. And I find that the best coaches in the world are doing that. Um, was there a particular time when you were coaching uh, any client and you like, Obviously, we don't all start out like that. We don't all start out knowing that we need to have these conversations with people. We think we're going to take the science and the evidence. Or we're going to hand it to somebody and they're going to get results. Yeah. Was there a particular instance where you realized like, oh, wow, I need to have this conversation with somebody to get them to their results? Was there anything that sticks out in your mind that reminds you when you made that switch? Yeah. So my very first client, um, his name is Arjun, good friend of mine from college and, um, he was my, my first success story, like my first client and first success story or success story, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And he came to me in chronic pain, um, under eating, underperforming. He was a very ambitious guy. He wanted to run half marathons and bike and run long distance. Do it all. He wanted, yeah, wanted to do it all, seriously. And he wanted fat loss. So we had all these different conflicting issues. He wanted to get out of pain. He wanted to build muscle. He wanted to perform and he wanted to be an athlete. So like, all these, all those issues are kind of different tracks, right? You, you can't necessarily perform at your highest level and cut fat. It just doesn't work. You, you, you have to choose one. So I didn't, I didn't really understand what I was doing at the time. I was just kind of saying, you know, this makes sense. Let's do this. I guess we can do this. Let's try this. And initially I looked at his calorie count and he was, he wasn't eating a lot. I was like, dude, like, you, if you want to run like half marathon, you got to eat more than this. So I drastically upped his protein amount. And that was my first mistake. 
he was eating like maybe 80 grams of protein a day. Like he's a tall guy. I think he was like six, three. He was uh, maybe one. I wish I had the, the photo with me. Um, he was like one, I don't know, 90 something, maybe 180 something. So not, yeah, he was a big dude, but he, he wasn't like crazy overweight or anything like that. It was just, you know, fat that he was trying to lose. Um, he did lose some weight, but it was very minimal. It was more the body fat percentage that I'm going to go into later. So I jumped his, his uh, protein up to like 160 on the first cycle, literally doubled his protein. I was like, you're going to eat. And he was just like, what? Are you, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like we're going to do this. And we had to like, he had to just completely change the way he ate because my, my carbs and obviously the fat are going to follow. Um, and he was struggling eating, like drinking protein shakes, like everything he needed to do to get those, to get that, those protein um, macros in. And for months we did this and we just kind of slowly kept upticking. And I didn't realize I was taking him through a reverse diet. I was just kind of doing it because it made sense. Sounds like, like a I, good idea. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, you need something to burn. Like, you don't have anything to burn. You're burning on E. And, you know, I, I started implementing some stretching and some mobility stuff. I, I, I wasn't even as knowledgeable about mobility as I was back then. But combined with the um, increasing calories, better training programs, better form, better movement, he saw a complete drastic change. I'm actually going to um, look at his, uh, his, what's it called, his testimony so I can actually get these numbers right. But the guy had made a complete change to his body and his life. And now he's happily in a relationship, like running half marathon. He's a fucking machine nowadays. So I'm, I'm going to just read just a little bit of this. Not, not, yeah. not crazy because um, he was really, really happy with his results. So... Um, I helped him. He was frequently overtraining, you know, inexplicable pain that would sideline him from engaging in his goals. So the training, this is his words, the training has helped me take my performance to the next level. I've gone from a seven to a 545 minute mile, shaved four to five minutes off my 10K half marathon times while shedding 5% body fat and getting strong, building muscle and getting new flexibility. So like just from increasing his nutrition and giving him better training and helping him with his mindset and his confidence. Like he did the rest and now he's on his own continuing to do that. Like that's to me is a true success story. Like what do your clients look like years after working with you? If they're right back to where they started, you didn't do your fucking job. And that right. that's the real, that, that that's the truth. You did not do your job. And I'm really, really proud of him as a client, as a friend for really taking the initiative after, you know, uh, we stopped the coaching and coaching relationship. So it's awesome. I had a conversation with a client the other day and I was like, look, like one day I want you, uh, like she asked, like, um, why do you explain so much? Why, like, why do you give me so much information in your emails? Like, you know, I write this, you know, essay to somebody yeah. every time I reply to them, yeah. um, especially yeah. my remote people. Cause like there's a very specific outcome that I'm looking for or a very specific, um, uh, idea or, or educational piece given to them. Like I'll write it out. I'll do the whole thing. She's like, why do you give me so much information? I'm like, because I want you to fire me one day. Like, yeah, you need me. Um, because education. So I heard this quote the other day that I've been using a lot. I love it. Um, education, leads to integration or I'm sorry, education leads to implementation, leads to, which leads to transformation. Right. So like we can have all the education in the world. I'm going to give them that and I'm going to teach you how to implement it so that you can get that transformation. And in a perfect world, you are hundred percent right. A client should not need me anymore if I've done my job correctly. Um, and I have this like saying in my, in my gym right now to where like, I want my general pop clients to come in do my classes, get so versed at what we do, be able to regurgitate technical cues and um, educational information on nutrition, like all this stuff. I want them to be able to regurgitate it and be so well versed that they could go to another gym and coach somebody. And I stand by that and I feel um, that a vast majority of my clients can, but it all starts with that educational piece, explaining to them, having those conversations with them, getting them to wrap their mind around like, what are we really doing here? Why is this important? Why you should do this? Why you should do that? Like getting people to understand that is so important. And um, it's right. just another good quality of a coach. Like I did a post today on my Instagram about how um, education is important with, like I, I think I put up uh, education, entertainment, elevation, right? Like all three of those things are just, you know, more qualities of a great coach. 
Yeah. Um, and I love in that you're educating people and stuff like that too, man. Thank so you. kudos to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's pivot to the stuff that I want to know about. Um, okay. I listened to your podcast this morning, a little 11, 11 minute podcast about the mobility course that you just launched. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been working on this, uh, private mobility course for months now. Um, tons of filming, tons of editing. I put voiceovers on all the videos and it was a lot of work. Um, and I wanted to give people a resource just as like a starting point. I, I don't think this is going to be the end all be all for everyone, but I wanted to give people a starting point for specifically attacking the issues they see in their training. So this Full disclosure, this uh, mobility course was going into a group of people who are pretty knowledgeable about their bodies, know pretty much um, what they need to do to get strong and lose fat, et cetera. Um, this is part of uh, Cody's Boom Boom Elite. And I was really honored when he told me that I was able to put it in there because that's a big deal for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I wanted people to be able to, like I said, attack specifically like, oh, you know, my feet turn out a lot when I squat. Why is that? Let's go through an assessment. Let's look at your hips. Let's look at what's going on. Oh, you know, I found that my hip internal rotation is lacking. What's my current range? Okay, cool. Look at this, assess this, breathe into this position, uh, increase your range of motion, and then move again. And now try that same motion. Now, if you're still seeing results from that exercise and, you know, that sequence days after, like you, you see that mobility stay even weeks after, then I know that things are working well and you know things are working well. So the mobility course was to give people tangible and realistic drills they can do that aren't necessarily just moving, not necessarily just flows, you know, because flows are great. They're fun. They, they feel good, um, but they don't attack the specific intention behind why they're, they're trying to uh, make change. And I say that because a lot of mobility is awareness. A lot of mobility is intention. When you're specifically trying to increase your hip internal rotation, it takes a specific concentration and a specific uh, methodology and mindset when you go into it. You're not going to see you know, insane gains day one. It's a long process and it takes time and it takes effort and consistency. But if you do those drills I put in there every single day, not all of them, obviously, but, you know, figure out what you need. And you include that in your, in your recovery and mobility days, you will see changes like you will, because you're attacking the joint specifically, how the joint is meant to move specifically and not just like hitting a stretch or hitting a, you know, multi-directional movement or flow. Like you're, it's very, very particular. So I wanted to give people a different perspective for mobility training that's not you know let's use this band to achieve this position for a day like let's use our body and our joints to achieve this position for life yeah dude um so i've actually been trying to reach out to the frc people and um like one see if i can bring them to my gym i just think it's uh mm. in, in a crossfit like the functional fitness community like nobody's brought it in yet and now i've started to implement some flows and um, some different positions that like, I, you know, I, that I find online and read about and, you know, you right now you look up something like you, you talked about this in your podcast today, like pails, rails, cars, like all these different acronyms and like what they mean, like information is, uh, it's not a simple Google search. There's just not tons of it out there quite yet. And, um, actually when I saw that that went into the boom, boom elite, I was like, oh, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to jack so much stuff out of there. Cause it's just good mm -hmm. stuff. And it's, um, thank you it's information that's not readily available yet. Um, but you, you hit on something like, you know, just getting in a band and stretch. Like I, I can count on two hands every day, how often I see somebody grab a band, stretch their shoulder or their lat and, or get into a hip distraction or something like that. And then they do it every day. Like their mobility leaves them. What is the missing piece behind stretching and getting that piece or getting that new range of motion that you've, uh, you've gained that day? What's right. What's the missing piece for holding that range of motion? Right. Good question. So the difference is between a passive modality versus an active modality. So a passive modality involves using a band, another person, um, you know, a pole, anything that's not using your own tissue to achieve the position is passive. Uh, 
So if you're at a physical therapy clinic and your PT is stretching you, that is passive. But they know that, you know, that that's, there is room for passive flexibility and it is a prerequisite for active mobility. So it's important. But the issue is when people rely solely on passive, they, they don't put in this next concept I'm going to explain, which is active mobility. So active mobility is utilizing your own joint, your own tissues, your own ligaments and cartilage to get into positions and maintain them with control, with strength, with uh, proper mechanics, right? When you look at the joint specifically and see how it articulates, for, for instance, in a shoulder, if you can actively rotate your shoulder in the socket in different positions, you're going to be able to then transfer that to your lifts. You're then going to be able to transfer that for boxers out there to actually rotating um, about the shoulder and about the arm to create more torque and more power in, in your in your strikes. Like that's just one example. I'm training an MMA fighter, so like that's the first thing that kind of came to my mind. Yeah, I get it. But um, yeah. So when you apply active mobility after achieving that passive flexibility, you then start to create adaptation at the joint level. And what that means is your joints can now move to those positions readily. They're more accessible. You're creating more space in the joint to move and, and get into different positions and increase range of motion. And if you solely rely on bands and other people, you're not going to get that. Why? Because strength in a joint and strength in a motion requires uh, control and capacity on both sides of the joint. That's the biggest key. You look at a uh, supine or on your back uh, banded hamstring mobility stretch, right? Or just hamstring stretch. I don't want to say mobility. You have a, a band, you put it on your ankle and you, your, your leg is as straight as you can and you're pulling that to your chest. Sure, your hamstrings are going to get stressed out. But what is the other side of your leg doing? What are, what are your quads doing? What are your hip flexors doing? What are your um, anterior tips, anterior tibialis on the uh, front of the shin? Like, what is all that stuff doing? It's completely not working because the band in your arms are handling the hip flexion necessary to, or lifting, sorry, I, I use a lot of technical terms, but get it, lifting get the leg closer to the chest and decreasing the angle between the torso and the leg. What are those muscles on the front side of your leg doing to get to that position? I'll answer that question. Nothing. They're not doing anything. And that is the biggest missing piece because you can't just rely on the muscle you're trying to move. You have to rely on the other side as well. So in order to have more hamstring mobility, you might need to have stronger hip flexors. You might need to have stronger quads. And I don't mean, you know, going to a leg extension machine and just doing leg extensions. Like, can you lift your leg up to where you're trying to move your hamstring? If the answer is no, you need to get there. And you need to work to get there. And no amount of bands or people or someone pushing your leg to your chest is going to get you there if you don't understand how to get there on your own. So uh, the best way to um, transfer someone who's been doing a lot of passive mobility or flexibility exercises to active mobility is put yourself in that position safely and carefully, of course, and then let go of the bands and let go of all the passive stuff and see if you can just hold it there with your own strength. You're probably going to cramp. Like your, your quads are probably going to cramp. Your hip flexors are probably going to cramp because they're not used to being in that range and they're not used to expressing that movement and that uh, capacity at that level yet. So um, just try some of that stuff. So um, what's a good example? The same stretch I said. If you're listening to this and you're at a gym or you have some space, try this. I want you to grab a band, put it around your ankle, make your leg as straight as you can, right? Some of us don't have quite... Um, enough enough uh, mobility. Get that earthquake foot when you're up there super high, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, wrap that band around your heel or the ball of your foot, whatever, um, and just start to pull that leg toward your chest as straight as you can. You'll probably find that you can get decently high, right? Now put that band down, put your leg straight, make sure your, your opposite leg knee is not bent, and try and lift that leg as high as you can without the band. You will notice it is drastically different, and you will notice, unless you've been working on it, that you can't get that leg as high as you could before. And that's the key. That's the difference between passive and active. So that, that's the missing piece to getting long-lasting mobility for life. I love it, man. Your, uh, your passion behind this stuff is pretty cool. Um, Thank you. It, you know, I've actually, so I was the guy for a long time. They're like, oh, you're, you know, your hips are bothering you. Let's go 
Um, get on a distraction, two minutes each side. Let's see if that fixes it. Foam roll a little bit. Like I was very, um, I was your typical uneducated coach in the mobility department. And, uh, you know, the past year, I would say I really dove into getting smarter in that department. Mm-hmm. And um, the the results that I'm seeing with my clients when I'm adding this stuff in, typically at first, it's a little weird to do, like, I'm going to have you hold this active position. They're so used to the, you know, you use that hamstring stretch um, uh, example. And I, I was that coach that used that a lot in the past. But coming to that realization that we're like, all right, now I'm going to have my clients do that. And uh, I love using both. That's a really good way to do it too. But I had them doing a lot of the active stuff. And I can't tell you how many people caught a hip flexor cramp. Like, yeah. like ah, you know, rolling over them to their stomach really fast because it's cramping up. Um, and even, you know, something as simple as like going into a Spider-Man lunge and pulling your heel to your butt and then doing a T-spine rotation. Like how many people catch a cramp there? Yeah. And um, it's hard to tell somebody who fancies themselves as like a strong person to be like, yeah, you're strong, but you're not strong in the ranges of motion that you need to be in. Yeah. It's a really difficult concept for somebody to wrap their head around. But yeah. for years and years, people, you know, the the different mobility programs that came out, the, the online stretching routines and stuff like that, doing that, but not, um, oh, yeah, be kidding me. Um, doing that, but not having the like the stability and the strength to hold that position has been uh, baffling for people, even myself doing these uh, different rotations and to see the range of motion that I'm gaining in a short time versus all the banded stuff that I used to do too. So with that being said, um, do you think there needs to be an even blend between like passive and active? Are we talking 50, 50, or is it more like 60 active, 40, um, passive like what would be an even blend like somebody comes to you they have tight hip flexors a little bit of back tightness when they do um, back squats for instance yeah what is uh, give me a sample program of what they should do uh, to start implementing some of your protocols into their uh, training regimen gotcha so that's a that's a pretty tough question Um, this there's so many layers to that question but I'll do my best so I would say the first part again is the assessment so Often, and this is why um, Instagram is a blessing and a curse, oftentimes people will put out a post and say, is your low back tight? Do this. And there's, it, it may work. It may not work. But the issue is you can't assign a global solution to a specific cause or the other way around or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. So essentially yeah. there's multiple reasons why someone's back can be tight. There's multiple reasons why someone can have hip pain on the front of the, of the hip. There's multiple reasons why someone's shoulder may not be able to get into full flexion overhead. Like there's so many different issues that could be up that for me to say, oh, okay, your, your hip is tight. Do this. I have no idea about this person. I don't know who they are. I don't know what their training regimen is. I don't know, uh, you know, if their ankles are tight. Cause sometimes you can have lower back pain because you don't have enough ankle mobility to sit into a squat. So your chest bends over. But if I look at their hips and like, Oh, the IR is great. The ER is great. Oh shit. Like they have great hip flexion. Why is their back hurt? What are their ankles doing? Oh God, they can barely get their knee over their toe. No shit. They have back pain. You know what I mean? So, um, the first step I would say would be to get assessed by someone, whether it be professional online, in person, whatever, understand what your body can do. Um, and after that, then you have to then transfer that passive flexibility you might have to active mobility, decrease the gap. Um, and a good practitioner will show you the difference between your passive and your active mobility to then, you know, give you an idea of the work you need to do to get there. So um, that's the second thing. Um, after that, you, you really need to apply a certain mindset to this. It's really easy to like, you know, roll in a foam roller for two minutes, do a stretch for another two minutes. And then, Hey, look at this. I can get my arm over my head. Like yeah. sure. But really what you're doing is you're just tricking your brain into relaxing tissue. You're not breaking up any adhesions. You're not breaking up scar tissue. That's all bullshit. You're not doing that. Like you're, you're, it's called fascia. It's just a tissue that is connective and runs on the backside of your body. It's just runs all over. It's insane. There's still so much research being done on fascia, but your fascia is incredibly thick material that requires thousands of pounds of pressure to actually quote unquote release or sorry to uh, break up or whatever. You're relaxing the tissue is what you're doing. You're sending a neurological signal to, from your, to your brain saying, Hey, look like you're rubbing on it with, with a foam roller. Like it's okay. 
we can relax here. And you're probably hydrating that tissue so it's more malleable and more able to be, you know, put into different positions, which is why you see that temporary relaxation, but you're not seeing true results. So um, to give you a number, that's hard. I would say, again, it depends what this person has right now. But if I were to give a number right now, you put a gun in my head, I'd say 80, 20, 80% active, 20% passive. And that small bit of passive flexibility is probably what you've been doing for a long time. Not you specifically, just in general, um, what you've been doing for a long time, right? Like you've been doing the band stuff. You've been doing couch stretch every day. You're not really seeing any results. Now you need to completely flip your program to where you're doing most of the time, the active stuff and just sometimes the passive stuff. I love it. Um, what I hear from all of that is how important it is to get a coach how important it is somebody uh, outside of you. Like I call it outside eyes, like somebody on the outside who's not in your body to just allow you to worry about other stuff and kind of take the reins for you for that. Uh, I love that, man. Hey, so uh, I want to respect your time. We've, uh, we've gone for about an hour here, so don't want to hold you on too much longer, but um, let's get into uh, my my last question for you as far that I had uh, written down here is like, What's the future for you, man? Where where are you trying to drive your business and your coaching career? Gotcha, gotcha. So I have another like ten or fifteen minutes if you want to squeeze any more in, but um, I'll just assume this is the last one. Um, So the future is—I don't know to be honest. I I have goals and aspirations. I want to do conferences. I want to collaborate with people. I want to travel. I want to, you know, speak and I want to do all these things. But man, I'm just living day to day. Just day by day, giving the best value I can to my clients, giving the best, the best value I can to my followers on Instagram and on Facebook and my family and my friends. I'm just trying to be the resource for people when they don't know what to do. I don't want people to fall into some of the traps and some of the mistakes that I did when I was coming up in you know mobility and nutrition and everything. And with all the garbage out there, all the detox teas, all the Dr. Oz's of the world, there needs to be someone like you and me who spits the real shit. Like they, they say what's real and they give you science backed information. They're not just saying stuff because it sounds good or because, you know, it's going to satisfy that users want for instant gratification. That's what everyone wants. They want to get shredded in 30 days, but that's just not how it works. And if I can continue to do that for the rest of my life, then Hey, my life is great. So you're, you're, uh, uh, from what I understood at the the mastermind, you're like 50, 50 online and then in person. Yeah. Uh, what do you enjoy more? Gun to your head. <laughs> yeah. Gun in my head. Um, <laughs> definitely online. Um, for many reasons, it allows me to get a larger peek into the client's life. And obviously that's a bit invasive for some people, which is why some people don't prefer that approach. Yeah. But if I really know what's going on, I can dynamically plan your training and your nutrition based around that. Like, are you really stressed out at work? Working long hours. Okay, how do we deal with that? Meditation, more recovery, more focus on, you know, just clean movement and not pushing you. The biggest is, the biggest mistake people make with their programming is, damn, work's hard. God, my family's stressed out. Like, oh man, I'm all stressed out in my relationship. Oh my God, my friends are being dicks right now. I'm going to go in the gym and go balls to the wall for the next month. Worst thing you can do. Worst thing you can do. I'll say it one more time. Worst, Worst. thing you can do. <laughs> and the reason for that is because of what we talked about earlier about stress. You have to deload not just your body with your training, but your mind. Your central nervous system is responsible for um, firing those signals to your muscles and you know the fibers to get them to contract efficiently and to do explosive things you want to do in the gym but if you have all these stresses in your life you will experience central fatigue you will experience lethargy and you will see a a dip in lack of performance but if you then try to push yourself further in the gym you're going to see an even bigger dip then you're going to think oh i'm not I'm, I'm eating too much. You're going to dip your calories. And then you think, oh, you know, I, I should go to the gym more. So you're going to stop sleeping. You're going to drink more coffee. You're going to intermittent fast. And you're going to apply all these uh, strategies, which in certain contexts may be applicable, but for you in that specific case, because you don't know about all these things we're talking about, you're going to just drive yourself into the ground until you get injured, you get sick, or, you know, something happens in the gym and you get hurt. So um, it's, it's all about just, 
understanding where you are in your life. And that's why I like being an online coach more than an in-person coach. It's just completely different. And the amount of access and impact I have on someone's life is just larger from an online perspective. Man, anybody that, uh, anybody that finds you online is definitely lucky. That's for sure, man. Dude, I, I love your passion. Uh, I loved everything we talked about today. This podcast was fire the whole time. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited for my listeners. And then if you want to share this on yours for whatever reason, I sent my, the audio file to Cody. So if you want to do the same thing, just let me know. Yeah, please do. Uh, before we go, I got two questions that I ask everybody. Sure. Like, cool, like, you know, Cody asked, like, if you're at a table and you got this person and that person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not that cool. I keep it pretty simple. But okay. um, I very often get asked, like, what are books that I read? Like, what would I recommend? Um, what are your, like, your top three books? They don't even have to be in order, but, like, what are your top three books if somebody were to ask me, like, Quran, I want to read. I want to increase my mindset on something or I want to develop my body or my mind. Like, what are those three books that you would recommend? Great question. Really great question. So the first book that I read that really started to change and pivot my, my uh, paradigm um, on everything, like business, friendships, relationships, <clears throat> um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Like, that was my that, first one too. <laughs> yeah, dude, that book is unbelievable. It was crazy. So that, that, that's my first book. <clears throat> I highly recommend that if you haven't read it. It's really old, but it's like, Still so on point. Love it. Um, the next would be The Go-Giver. I don't remember who that's by, but I love that book. It's all about just giving. Like, I mean, it sounds obvious, but sometimes the answer to what you seek is just like, just give. Yeah. And without expectation for return. So I love that book. And then um, the last one that I've read um, a long time ago that really changed my um my perspective would be um, how to win friends and influence people. Um, that book is insane. And Dale Carnegie, it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the title is very misleading. It's like, oh, you're trying to manipulate people? No, it's just how can you become a better person to attract the type of people you want in your life and how can you positively impact others? That's what it's all about. Yeah. And I love those three books. Those are my first three books that I read that were like, yo, yeah. this is crazy. Dude, I love it. Uh, all great books. The first one you mentioned was literally the first personal development book that I read. Uh, Same. So a little backstory on me. I moved from uh, Virginia to Washington. Uh, mm -hmm. I had to close my gym, left my friends that I had since childhood, uh, moved to Washington with my wife and my, uh, my, my only son at the time. And um, essentially was doing some soul searching because I was coaching in a gym, wasn't really happy, uh, missed my, my own business, the whole thing. And uh, realize that like I just need to develop myself because right now I'm in a bad place, and I stumbled on that um, James or uh, Covey book and changed everything for me completely. Started this whole uh, everything that I am today because of that book. Yeah. Um, dude, I love it. Uh, so last question in parting is um, I'm always interested in how people learn. I'm always interested yeah. in how people develop their mind, yeah. um, like whether that be uh, through an audio means, a visual means, or more hands on, like. Um, how do you learn best? Like what, what is the best way that you decipher information? Wow. That's a, that's a really good question. I haven't thought about that myself in a long time. Um, I would probably say the best way I learn, excuse me, is definitely a hands-on perspective. Um, I would like to read about something. Um, and then I just, I literally just try it on myself, like, or, um, I'll try it with a friend or something like that. And that, concept to practical application is where um, my degree from CMU helped me a lot because you know my degree uh, information system was all about just like transferring complex concepts and topics into like layman's terms so it's easy to understand and easy to absorb so that's what I do on my Instagram I make these complicated mobility concepts and just like here just try this do this this is what this means and um, that's how I learn and I know that a lot of people can make sense of those things when you put it in that way. So um, definitely the sort of the on paper to physical representation aspect, hands-on, as you say for yourself is very effective for me. Dude, I love it. Um, Thank you. Man, I enjoyed every minute of this. I'd love to have you back on in the future. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, you're, uh, I think some of my listeners are going to get a lot out of hearing how important the mental side of the, this whole fitness thing is in the first place. Um, so let's plug you a little bit like a, uh, where sure. can people find you? What's the best avenue to get some of your information from you? Let's, let's put it up there. 
Thank you. So the best way to get to me is definitely on Instagram. Shoot me a DM if you want to talk about anything we talked about today. Um, I'm completely open to having conversations with people and helping. So that is Coach Chronic at C-O-A-C-H-K-R-O-N-I-C. And pretty much every social media you know, track, you can find me with that same tag. And you can also look at my website, uh, chronic.fit. That's it. Just K-R-O-N-I-C dot fit. I post this on the blogs, information on mobility, fat loss, whatever you need. It's probably there. So those are my two main ways. Man, I love it. Uh, really enjoyed having you on today, Karan. Um, hope people are going to enjoy this. Me too, man. I, I hope so too. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show today. Before you go, do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Tell us what you like and love about the podcast. Tell us about guests that you want us to have on or uh, really any feedback that you have for us. We're completely open to it. Um, And then do me another favor. Go ahead and take a screenshot. Go ahead and post it on your Instagram story or your feed and tag it. I love to know who's listening to this and then um, see who's getting value from it. And then one last thing before you go. If you happen to be looking for remote workout programming or nutrition counseling, um, myself and my team are doing doing some great work with people both remotely and in our uh, gym location here in Silverdale, Washington. So um, if you're interested in that, go ahead and send me an email at Cody at CrossFit7Cities.com and we'll go ahead and get you started. Um, And again, thanks for listening today.